ready. Ready to cut through the BS and hear some ways to drive your business forward today? Yeah. Welcome, Welcome to Biz Sprints Podcast with your host, know the name. Michael McMillan. Check it out. Hey everybody, welcome back to another week of Biz Sprints. This is Michael McMillan and thank you so much for coming back for another week of tips and tricks to help drive your business forward. So this week, I wanted to tackle a question that I many times find myself asking new entrepreneurs or business owners and business people when I'm working with them, uh, especially when we're first starting to engage uh, with a new organization. The question I many times am going to them and asking is, is, are you able to specifically tell me how close your organization is today to the goals of your business for the year? And when I ask that question, many times, uh, especially the owners, uh, you can always see it, uh, they get, they get kind of nervous, um, especially if they have no clue. And they're like, well, what do you, what do you mean by that, Mike? And, you know, many times I'll get a financial answer, you know, which is like, you know, you know, our goal was to grow by, you know, 5% this year. We're already on a trajectory to uh, about halfway there. We're six months to the year. So yeah, I'd say we're, you know, very well on track to hitting. And then when I when I dig into that, of course, the next level, which is like, oh, okay, you know, specifically, what are you doing quarter by quarter to make sure that you're ensuring that you're going to hit that goal and potentially exceed that? Um, and that's where you just, you know, typically I see I just lose people. They're like, I have no idea. <laughs> and, and the reason is, uh, many times, is because most organizations do not take the time to really, des- you know, make sure they are designing their success ahead of time. What they're really just doing is they're like, okay, we have to go after sales and we're going to go after sales day by day by day by day and just do what we do to get sales. And then we have to retain those sales. Let's retain, 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 and make sure we're delivering our our product or services as best we can. And it's just the daily grind. And, you know, maybe the owner might be out there trying to, you know, look forward and just try to see what's to come. But always getting sucked back into that daily grind of just, you know, finding new customers and maintaining the customers they have. And what I find is, is as the organization continues to mature, many times this is what starts to slow down the organization greatly from a great growth pattern that they might have been experiencing. One of the clients we're working with right now, actually, for instance, was they're just about to hit their 10-year anniversary on amazing growth path all over all these 10 years, grew profitably year over year over year, started the business like literally on a shoestring, and has a very vibrant organization that they're running. But the owners, um, these two amazing ladies that I have now the honor of working with, um, were just caught in the day-to-day grind of their business. And when I first walked in, I started speaking to them. And I was, I remember talking to them like, okay, so where are we taking this business to? Like, you know, where are we going with this thing? And, you know, there was some ideas, but they were very, you know, uh, there was one partner with one idea, another partner with another idea. And they just weren't really synced up because they were so caught in the day-to-day. So first thing we did is I ran them through a strategic planning session. I said, okay, it's time to get ourselves organized. And it was so cool to watch as these two founders, you know, got to just sit down and really do what they love to do, which is work on their business. You know, it's, it's that whole work on your business and not in your business. But as, you know, as owners of companies and founders, you know, that's, that's a, it's a rare occasion where you actually can find yourself having the time and ability to really do that without interruption. And, and this for them was one of those times. So what, what do I mean by strategic planning? So let me, let me maybe cover that real quick. So 
when I run someone through a strategic planning session, I believe in doing it the old school method. I think, you know, it's not broke. Why fix it? And I've done these with large organizations. I've done these with small organizations. I did this for my own company here at BizSprints. When we first started up pre-revenue, the first thing I did was run my own self, you know, me personally through my own strategy session because I knew I needed to build a plan so I can make sure I'm going to accomplish it. So what this is, is it's a simple path, right? So the first thing I always do is, is I, and I love these things, I run everyone through a SWOT analysis. So a SWOT analysis for you guys who are not familiar with it, SWOT is, a, you know, it just stands for uh, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. So first and foremost, we go through and we figure out, okay, what is the internal strengths of the business, right? This is what makes this company so great already? Um, you know, the people, processes, the product, the service, whatever, right? And we just list them all out and we just, we get them out from the client as much as we can. I mean, these are things we should be all excited about, about our business. Once we have those down, we set them down, we document them, and then we go to the internal weaknesses. So it's a reality check moment, right? It's like, what's not doing so well here at this business? <laughs> and, you know, and we, again, we write those all out and we document all those and we get them written down. Then we go to external opportunities. So what this is, is these are external things that are happening around the business, community, government, et cetera, that are presenting the potential for an opportunity for the business. This could be a piece of legislation coming through. This can be um, a new, whatever, a new school being put in or whatever it may be. It's just things beyond the business's control that are going to present the business with an opportunity potentially to grow or be more stable. The final one, external threats. So just the opposite of what I just said. This could be a new president coming in. This could be new legislation coming in. Uh, This can be a competitor opening up shop right next door, whatever. Just getting all those documented. The reason I really I put such an emphasis on these, and I, and I run these annually, by the way. Um, every reason, time I love doing SWOT analysis is because so many times as business owners and as leaders, we forget the greatness we have inside. And then we also forget about the known, you know, not, I don't like to usually, usually say the word weaknesses, but you know, it goes with SWAT. So that's what I use it. But it's, it's an area of opportunity, right? It's like, where are the things that we know we still need to work on and become better on? Because those are those are great areas of opportunity to continue to increase our businesses. The big thing, and especially I find for a lot of the owners I work with, that is kind of the eye opening moment is when we start talking about external threats and opportunities. You know, many organizations, and I mean, myself as an owner included, I, you know, I made many times I'm paying attention to what's happening in my business. And I sometimes get, I forget that the external threats are really there. You know, as we're going into, you know, a new, uh, new time with, you know, looking at new president potentially coming into power here, you know, this is going to be a time when things are going to be changing and it could be for the good or for the bad, depending on what, you know, type organization or industry you're in. And, you know, this could be a big time for you. Um, similar, there's some really big laws coming down the pipe right now for some industries that I work inside of and that we're line of sight focused on, you know, I mean, with the $15 minimum wage act, I mean, this is about to decimate a few of my clients and, you know, really trying to figure out how are we going to work through this from making sure from a cash flow perspective that these organizations are going to be able to still be in existence after this whole thing goes through. So, you know, it's really just always paying close attention to that. And it's really drawing our attention back out of our business and starting to look out again. Once we get through that, 
the thing, uh, this, this part kind of amazes me because, uh, you know, this is, I know, going to sound kind of business 101, but I always want to make sure that organization has a very specific mission or purpose statement documented. Um, it, it really amazes me how many organizations, I, I've run into some businesses here just lately who've been around for, I have one who's actually going on their 20-year anniversary, and they have never had a documented mission statement. They've had something they've kind of toyed around and with and talked about, but they've never really documented their mission statement. And I was I was talking to their founder just recently, I'm like, man, what, why, you know, just why? And he's like, I just never got to it. And, you know, it's like, I get that, right? It's like, sometimes you just, you get into this business, you get some early success, and you just start plowing away and you get going. And But I always feel it's very important that we get that down. And, you know, in the mission statement, just in case you guys are curious, this is just a simple statement, which is stating why the biz exists and whom do you serve. Really, it's that simple. It's not some grandioso statement or anything like that. It's just, it's a simple answer to why are we in existence and whom are we serving? That's it. The next one, which is always a lot more fun, and I, I could tell you, I have had some really emotional moments with some of my uh, one of my clients, and I, I really love when we get into this, which is the vision statement. I especially love when the founders are still active in businesses, and we actually get to work with them on this because. When you start getting into the vision statement, this really starts to typically pull at the heartstrings, especially the founders, um, you know, like me included, uh, because it's really asking you, what what do we start this thing for? You know, and, and taking this back to the roots, right? Like at the beginning, what did we do this thing to, you know, for? And then what do we think the potential is for this business? And and getting that documented. And I will tell you, some of these, I mean, some of these vision statements, like I just said, I mean, literally, I, I mean, I've had some moments where I've gotten to be with some founders where, you know, they're just breaking down in tears because it's, they get this thing down. And I've watched these, uh, again, I'm going back to one of my new clients, they got their they got their vision statement down, and you know it was amazing to watch this this beautiful moment between these two partners, who you know who had kind of gone a little bit of astray, but when they got their vision statement down and they really got it locked in, it really just it completely realigned them and made them realize that they were building something that was so much bigger than themselves. And now it's down so they can share this with the world and start rallying the troops behind them to help them get towards uh, getting this vision statement down. And, and I have their permission to share this, and I, and I really want to share this. So um, the organization who I'm working with is an organization called Tiny Tots Therapy out of New Jersey, an amazing organization um, if you ever get a chance to check them out. Uh, the two founders is a lady named Rebecca and a lady named Marwa. And the vision statement that they've crafted here, and I'm going to share this with you now. It's, it's, so the vision statement is, to build an organization to provide therapy services and equipment to children without a voice in the U.S. and around the world. I, when it came up with it, it was, it was funny because their vision statement came from a story that Marwa had shared with me, um, you know, maybe a couple hours previous about how she actually got into the business and, you know, how she was even a part of this and being a partner in the organization. And, you know, as we started, to, you know, tool around with, you know, what the vision statement should be and how this, you know, what is their, you know, larger mission and, you know, larger vision for the organization, it just came out naturally as this story. And then like, uh, and then as it's, you know, ended up being documented is what I just read to you. Uh, but like I said, 
just putting that simple thing on paper and then reading it back to them. It was, it was really, uh, I, all three of us just had this like big moment of like, wow, like, okay, we really just hit a chord here. And it's amazing is because they've already started, this is only a few weeks old and they've started to release this into the organization and started sharing this with their troops, you know, and getting, getting the employees to know about this. And they've already been sharing with me just like how it's like basically just turn back up the lights on everyone in the business. And just everyone is like, let's do this thing, you know, because it's, I mean, it's like, who doesn't want to help kids, right? And and not just children, but they're talking about children who don't typically have a voice, you know, and, and that's for many kids. You know, most children do not really have a powerful voice. They, they might talk, but it's the adult who will actually speak for them in many cases. And what they are saying is, is, there are many children who never even have that opportunity and they want to make sure that they can be there to support those children. I mean, it's just such a beautiful thing, but it's also such a tangible thing that they know they can do and now have line of sight ways to make sure that's going to start happening. Once that's down, we go right into the core values. Another very common thing I see many organizations who don't document it or they might document it, but they don't mean nothing to anyone. And my rule is simple, is with core values, is I, especially the founders, you know, and or uh, owners of the business, when I tell them, when we're writing down core values, I say, I want to know your core values. I don't want some Harvard Business Journal BS, you know, core value that you're about to spit out my way because you think it's going to be a good buzzword to be in here. No. What do you believe in? What do you hold yourself accountable to? You know, and ultimately, you know, if you had to run your rest of your life based upon what we're going to put here, that you would be okay doing that. Because at the end of the day, if that's not what's guiding your business, then it's not real. So when we get these down, you know, we, I really, and I push them, I say like, I don't want words. You know, so many times you hear these core values and it's like, honesty, respect, you know, whatever. It's like BS, like be real, like talk how you talk, you know, write them down how you write them down. So like, for instance, with biz sprints here, uh, we have very specific core values. I have five of them here, which is never become a statistic, work hard, but play harder, process it at our core, but our creativity makes us amazing relationship first business second, always part as friends. Because at the end of the day, me, Michael McMillan, when I founded this company, I truly believe, I mean, this is what I believe in. You know, when I approach anything in my life, I've said since I was a little kid, I will never be a statistic. I had a pretty interesting upbringing and which is a whole nother story for another podcast. Um, But I always said to myself, I said, I will not become what society says that I must because of just how I came and where I came from. You know, and then also I believe is that I love to, you know, I'm a workaholic. I'm a self-admitted workaholic. I put in an insane amount of hours and I know I do, but as much as I put in it with work, I love to play too. And that's, and that's something I truly believe in. If that's getting on a wave runner in the ocean, if that's climbing a mountain, if that's doing whatever it is, as much as hard as I work, I am line of sight going to play as hard as I can to make sure it's more so. Cause that's what life's all about. And at the end, you know, the last three there is I cherish the relationships that I create and I want my employees to do the same because in my, I'll tell you, the only reason that I've been able to build this organization to what it is today and what I want to build this to in the future 
is all from the relationships that I have built over my 33 years in existence of life, but and specifically the last almost 20 years that I've been in the workforce. Because even when I just parted ways, um, just actually in the last week, I've just parted ways with my uh, former employer. Uh, and uh, we parted ways in great terms. And I remember as I was doing my exit strategy with the two owners who are dear friends of mine, um, I told the guys, I said, guys, I have never once burnt a bridge in my professional career, and I don't plan on starting that now. And I remember the level of respect that they had you know, to me for saying that. And, and I told them, I said, guys, I, and it's again to another one of our core values here, is I said, if we can't part as friends, this conversation isn't done yet. Because we all need to like, there's going to, our lives are going to intersect over and over and over again, if we like it or not, because we've met and I can't help but want to be a part of your life. And I'm hoping you want to be a part of mine so we can help one another. Because I, though I'm not there operationally day to day, I know that business is amazing. Their tech is incredible. Their team is awesome. And they are set up for all, you know, great success. It's just time for me to run my business and run my organization and lead my team to the success that I know they can be as well. So it's, again, it's run the values that you believe in as a person. From there is where we get into the real strategic stuff. You know, those things up above, these are, those are the core, like that's the foundation of your business. And that's why I always review it just to make sure you got the foundation. Now is when we get into the strategic side. So when we're talking about what's next is it's first setting goals. So what I what I when I'm working on building goals with the company, what this is 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 to specific goals, usually limited to about four to five key areas that are specific to driving the organization forward. These things can be financial, these things could be these need to be strategic, these can be about employment, this could be anything. It's whatever the company is going to deem the the top four to five things the business must accomplish by end of year to help it move to the next level. Uh, so just a, I mean, off the cuff example here, right? So let's say your organization is doing 5 million in revenue as of the close of 2015. So as we're looking into our 2016 goals, we then set a benchmark for what we believe our trajectory is going to be for growth for the a business and then set our goal based upon what we know we can achieve and then, then make a determination as a leadership team, do we want to stretch it goal, you know, or do we want a little bit of a reach goal? You know, what is that going to be? So if we were at five, we know year over year, we could maybe grow by an extra half a million, but you know what? Screw it. We have a lot, we have extra money in the bank. We're going to put some, we're going to double down in marketing. We're going to own some more market share. We're going for 6 million this year. So it's just, it really, it's documenting this down and making sure it's written down in written format so that the entire company knows what we're all working towards. Um, this can also be as, right, if you're starting to have turnover issues, uh, you know, coming from the call center space, this was common. You know, I mean, talking two, 300, 400% turnover I've seen at some companies. And, you know, it's just, okay, let's pull that nose down a little bit, right? Can we get, so you might set a goal of, uh, you know, if you're running at 200% turnover year over year, it's like, all right, so our 2016 goal is going to be to get our turnover uh, from 200% to 150%. That's a realistic, I mean, it's a, it's a hard goal to hit, but you know, that you can do that, right? So that's what we set maybe as number two. Uh, maybe we have some, you know, open positions, some very key management positions we know we're going to have to add in, you know, which is going to take us towards our 2017 goal. So we start saying, 
you know, maybe to hire and retain strategic, uh, you know, management staff or whatever. And again, we detail all these out as a leadership team. Once those are down, those become our goals. Then what we then decide to build out is, is the key performance measures. So what the key performance measures are is, is the specific measurements that the organization is going to utilize to measure our ability, our success towards hitting our goals. So a great example of this is a franchise company that um, our organization works with. And for them, we knew I knew we needed to make it very simple, um, just based upon you know the infrastructures that they have, uh, the current you know basically management that they had. We wanted to make things real easy. So what we did is, is and just because they're in startup mode, we wanted to give them a very simple key performance measure. So what we did for them is, is we looked at actually it's two we ended up coming with this, which is revenue uh, per operational hour and then profit margin by operational hour. And because what that gives them is, is it gives them clear line of sight. Here's how much money I am making for every hour the business is open. And here's how much margin I'm uh, earning for every hour the business is open. Because when the organization is open, or I'm sorry, when their storefront is open, it just costs them a tremendous amount of money. When they're closed, they actually save money. So it's it really pushes them to always pay attention to how do I maximize the time in which my office and operations are open. And then they can just measure everything against that. And all the goals are tied to that. And really ended up becoming a very easy way to measure the current success and health of the business. The next piece is then going into the Cordy strategic objectives. So just always remember, if you're thinking of this from a high level, right? So first we built out our 2016 goals, so our, you know, our annual goals. So what are we going to accomplish this year? We then built out the measurements for how are we going to measure our success to making sure we hit those goals. Now what we're doing is, is this is where we start to get more granular. And what we're now taking is we're going to take those goals and going to break them up quarter by quarter by quarter for what needs to be accomplished every single quarter to ensure that we hit those goals. This is this is where things get a little, this takes a little bit. Um, so what I typically like to do is, is I start, you know, very short term. I'm like, okay, what do we need to accomplish in the next week? <laughs> and then, you know, okay, next month. And then what do we need to accomplish this quarter? And then from that, with my key performance measures, I can then ask the next logical question, which is, okay, how close does this put us, right? Are we 25%? I'd hope so if we're in the beginning of the year and this is the first quarter, you're at least 25, if not 30%, right? You're always trying to get ahead of it. And we document these and we lay these all out. The important piece, which I tell all my leadership teams is, is that we can always change this stuff, right? We can always break them up. This is always a living, breathing, um, you know, strategic plan. It's just getting it all down, you know, and making sure that everyone understands and everyone's in agreement. Um, that is one big thing is that leadership teams do not have to be unanimous, but the majority does rule. And as long as the majority says, yes, these are the correct goals and the critical objectives, that's what we push into these things. Because getting to a unanimous place, uh, especially when you're talking about goals and objectives, it's not always possible. As long as everyone understands, we have to have compromise in business. And as long as it's a comfortable compromise that everyone can be moved forward with happily, then we're good to go. Now, once the quarterly objectives are set, we then move them into our proprietary model. So the model that we use here at BizSprints is what we call the BizSprints management process. The BizSprints management process is what we then help organizations take these quarterly goals and break them down even further into really simple bite-sized 
um, specific items that need to be accomplished. And by doing so, we make it much more tangible for the day-to-day employee. The employee who doesn't you know, maybe have the ability or understanding of the organization's complexity to see and understand these big goals when we're talking about maybe adding millions of dollars of revenue to the organization, that just seems just totally out of, tact, uh, you know, out of touch reality with them. So what we do is, is with our business processes, we even take it from the quarterly and break it down into typically a two-week segment for what's the work they need to do over the next two weeks that's going to help the organization get towards reaching its quarterly objectives. And we run them through a full process and how we do that. How do we document the work? How do we track the work? How do we ensure that all the work is completed to a very high level of success? And then how do we ensure we instill a process? You know, our process includes the ability to track that all of it's being done. So at the end of all, all our strategic planning, we run the business through its first sprint planning process. Uh, this includes sizing, where we actually help the employees understand. And this is not just done with leadership. I mean, this is leadership, management, and the frontline employees. Because what we're teaching the employees is, okay, you need to tell me how long it's going to take you to accomplish this task, which is going to tie to this objective. And once they give us this, and we do this in a form of they give us in a points-based system, which again, we teach the organization, we document all of this, and it doesn't have to be right. I mean, I'll tell you, just you know, it's typically the first five to six sprints that we run through um, is where we're all calibrating, right? It's just, it's teaching the team how to understand how to size the work that they have each week and, you know, over the sprint. And once it's all sized, we then do our priorities. So everyone understands the priorities and how, you know, what's going to be the most and what's going to be the least. And that's what we're going to tackle first. Everyone gets assigned their work throughout the business. And then we go. And for two weeks, every single employee and every single team is pretty much autonomous, right? They're just, this is the work you need to accomplish to ensure we're hitting our objectives. Yes, there's going to be day-to-day BS that's going to pop up. That's nature of business. But no matter what, this work has to be done. Because if we don't get this work done, we're not going to hit our goals for the end of the year. So we run through the two weeks, we do a midweek check-in, which is, uh, you know, specific stakeholders in the business. And then at the end, we do what we call a retrospect. And the retrospect is pretty cool. So what it is, is basically, um, depending on the size of the company, uh, really depends on how I run these retrospects with organizations. Some are done just interdepartment, some are done company-wide, um, depending on kind of how cool and fun the culture can be. Um, you know, sometimes this is like at noon on Friday, basically the business shuts down. We roll in kegs of beer and we have a great conversation about how this is you know what got done Um, and it literally is think of this as basically show and tell every employee gets up in front of all of their peers and literally shows them the work that they completed and what this does is it forces the employee because of peer pressure that they know oh my gosh every other friday i have to stand up in front of all my peers and show them exactly what i did it better be right, you know, and it just, it forces them to really take real pride in the work that they're doing and ownership to ensure that it gets completed. 
And we run this every two weeks, every two weeks. Uh, the management and stakeholders are constantly doing, you know, t- you know, checking in on everything, making sure that, you know, that we're all the work that is being done is going to hit us towards our objectives. Our objectives is being set correctly to make sure we're going to hit our goals. If we need to do any fine tuning to the goals or objectives, uh, because let's say we're just nailing it and we're killing it. And I'm like, all of a sudden, you know, we set that 1 million uh, increased revenue for 2016 and we're already at a million. We're only six months in. Okay, guess what? Retune the goal. You know, that's all we need to do. Reset the new target, reset the objectives. There we go. And this is what we do. And this is what Biz Sprints is all. I mean, this is the foundation of what our organization is. And I'll tell you, it works. Um, I learned this process, just so you understand. This is kind of a hodgepodge of many processes that I've learned and was brought up in through the business world, uh, including Agile, some of the lean business in there, um, and, and a whole different, a ton of other organiz- uh, processes that I was taught. But I will tell you is what I've seen and I can tell you it's been already been proven is it works. When I started BizSprints, I started BizSprints on a shoestring budget, uh, but I believed in a simple mission that I did. I wanted to help organizations stop being statistics and specifically failed business statistics. I've seen so many amazing organizations get started, but get lost in this like weird belief today that I think it's, and it's like just way over talked about, especially in the tech community, that if you want to scale your business, you must run on a burn. Like you basically cannot be profitable and scale your business at the same time. And I think that's complete horseshit. Like I know that can be done because I've done this with businesses. I've ran a profitable company that was scaling at, you know, like incredible percentages and it can be done. It's just, you have to do it very smart, very strategically. And it's not as easy as you might think. It's always easier to get capitalized. Money is simple to get its hands on, especially in a business. If you're if you have good margins behind you. There are a ton of venture capitalists and private equity uh, firms that would love to get a piece of your business if you're so willing to give it to them. But you don't have to. And this is what I teach owners all the time is only do that as a last resort. First, run, like try to get this business done the right way. Run it profitable, but run it strategically and while you still scale and still going after that profitability. And you can do this. Yes, it might take you an extra year or two or three to maybe hit those bigger, loftier goals that you wanted to get this organization to. But guess what? You've done it and you own your whole business. So now if you have an exit strategy of an acquisition or you know you want to do or if maybe you want to go IPO, you own the whole freaking company. Like this is an amazing thing now. Now when you cash out, your cash out is going to be potentially life-changing rather than only having maybe eh, maybe 15, 20, 30% of your own business that you had all your blood, sweat and tears to get started. That's not how business has to be ran. But in the United States, I mean, especially, especially, I will tell you that so many organizations believe that the only way to get to a cash out situation is to take outside investment and run on a huge burn until you can make your business profitable and then sell it as fast as you can. And I'm telling you today, that does not have to be the way. And our team here at BizPrints would love to show you that way. But Like I said, guys, at the end of the day, the thing I want you to take from this week is simple. Look at your teams. Look at your organization. Um, If you're a department head, look at your own department and ask yourself, 
Do I have annual goals set up for my department that my team is very clear and understanding on? Have I set those quarterly objectives that my team are a little bit more closer to? And then am I assigning work to my teams each week or every other week that are always in alignment with my objectives and goals in which I need to accomplish for the betterment of this business? If not, you don't have a strategy. You're just playing the odds that you're hoping you're doing the right thing. Build your business by design. Build your success by design. Build the life you want to live by design. Because if you do that, you're going to have such a better life, such a better business, and such better results. And at the end of the day, like I said, and if you're the owner and founder of this company, this is what's going to allow for you to have the ability to make the real decisions on your organization. And if, like I said, if part of your exit strategy at the end is selling this business, it's a lot cooler when you own about 100% of that company than it is to own 15 or 20% of a business that took your blood, sweat, and tears to build all these years. So guys, I wish you the best of luck this week. Uh, you know, like I say every week is just make sure attention to the details is where you're going to find everything. And the strategy is what will give you line of sight to that. So everyone, to your success and prosperity this week, my name is Michael McMillan. I look forward to chatting with you again soon. That will conclude this evening's entertainment. Thank you for listening to Biz Sprints Podcast. Please make sure to subscribe on iTunes and visit us at bizsprints.com for more tips and tricks to drive your business forward. No doubt about it. 